This is The Midnight Club, a podcast for Athenas and Clydesdales and the rest of us that, when we come in last, it's still coming in first. Welcome back to the Midnight Club. I am joined with someone who once wrestled a bear and was part of a boy band to pay for undergrad. Michael Via Carlos joins me. <laughs> Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Clint. Thank you so I'm, much I'm for glad having to hear me on that. today. And, and Mike, uh, I realized when I was contacting you, I, I met you, uh, what, in 2003? Uh, it seems like yesterday, yes. but it's 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 hasn't... Uh, <laughs> the time's flown by. I realize you know, we're coming up on our 20-year, well, no, not quite our 20-year anniversary. I guess it was, we're a ways off from that. What am I saying? But it's actually, you're coming up towards retirement, which really blows me away. Because um, you you went through the military for, for uh, dental school. But uh, that is where I met, New York City in dental school. And uh, I was always kind of uh, in, inspired by you just because you would always take off sometimes on weekends to go do these races. Um, didn't you once even fly from New York to California and then back in a weekend to do a race? I, I did. I would do that because, um, you know, in California and everyone knows this, the, the season pretty much ends around the October time frame where it's starting to wind down at least. Uh huh. Um, and then in California, it's so easy. It was so easy back then to just hop on a plane from New York, fly in for the weekend, do the race. And then literally the next day, uh, be back on the plane, uh, on a red eye, uh, back to New York city. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm so glad that, uh, like I was saying earlier, I'm so glad that, um, I have someone that can relate. Uh, to what we <laughs> what we do um, it's true it's true yeah. absolutely um so tell me about yourself you you were mentioning you've been doing racing did you say for 21 years 21 years and um i originally picked up triathlon because i was trying to get over a bad relationship uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> seems to be a common year. theme for a lot <laughs> yeah. of people myself included <laughs> um the girl had dumped me you know, it was a long distance relationship. You go home for the summer, you know, you're no longer living in the dormitories. And um, I needed to just put my time and energy into something. And I saw the I saw the advertisement um, at the YMCA for open water swimming triat slash triathlon. So I'm like, what what is this? And um, I think I was I was only a teenager. I, I was like 18 or 19 at the time. Mm -hmm. And in California, I live in Torrance, so it's a it's a beach city. Um, those of you that don't know Torrance, uh, they used to film the original Beverly Hills 90210 uh, ah. there in Torrance. It's not really Beverly Hills. It's actually Torrance. But anyhow, Torrance is a, a beach city. Did you ever see Dylan McKay? Never. Never. And I, I was no. so sad to hear uh, when he had passed. Uh, yeah, actually very sad. Rest he's a... The, the level of coolness that he had. I, I wish that I could, um, you know, fashion my eyebrows and, and have the hair that he has. If anyone's seen a picture of me, I have no hair anymore. I'm, I'm bald, bald as an eagle. Do you have eyebrows? <laughs> you can always draw that in. Plenty of people do that. 
No, you know, that that's the one thing I don't have to worry about. I have kind of thick eyebrows um, that... If I if I let them go, they'll they'll grow together into one uh, unibrow. Oh, okay, kind of yeah. like uh, Frida Kahlo or Kahlo, yes. Kahlo. Kahlo. Uh, what's that one basketball player on the Lakers? Yeah, uh, Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, his those are those are those are pretty. That's a pretty awesome unibrow that he has. He, I love that. Really, that's, that's... <laughs> it's 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 pretty studly. Very bold. Uh, but sorry, I got you sidetracked. You're in Torrance, and you're uh, you're hanging yeah, out with Dylan so, McKay, and you started doing triathlons. So there, there was this uh, one young lady that was there. Her name was uh, Suzanne. Uh, she had to have been in her 30s. And then there was another guy, Marty, and another guy, Fred. I later called him Heart Attack Fred because he had a heart attack, and went away for one whole year and came back and just obliterated the triathlon scene. I mean, this guy could swim circles around me, uh, in the ocean uh, out there. Um, I have a swimming background, uh, from, uh, grade school to high school and swimming's, uh, actually my strongest event in, in triathlon, but that's how I kind of got my start. I, I just started doing these ocean swims mm-hmm. and then, I actually did that for about three years. I just constantly did the ocean swims. I, I never really took the plunge and did uh, a race. And then finally, on the urging of my friend, Heart Attack Fred, he's like, you really should do the Long Beach Triathlon. And um, sure enough, it pushed me over the edge, and I signed up and got bit by, by the triathlon bug in October 2000. And... It's just something that I'll look forward to uh, pretty much every year. So that's great. How many yeah. would you say that you've done? Probably over a hundred at least. Okay. And that includes yeah. sprint Olympic that, that e- type? every, every distance. Yeah. If you, if you want to um, just say triathlon every distance and then, um, you know, for you and I, when we were living in New York City, I really did not do very much the first year that we were in school. Mm-hmm. And the running community in New York City, you know, New York City Marathon is one of the biggest. It's one of the majors uh, uh, for for marathon. Sure. And that was just something that, uh, you know, you remember An- Angie, one of our classmates, our, our yes. colleagues, and then. Melissa, the three of us, we actually had this plan that we were going to do the marathon in our senior year of school. And we basically spent 12 months doing all these races and, you know, getting prepared for that race in November. They always run it in November in in New York Mm -hmm. City. And um, we, yeah, we did it. And if I remember correctly, you were on the course. I watched you. I remember you. You were on the course and you greeted us. As we entered uh, Central Park, I'll never yeah. forget that. I have a, I have a picture somewhere. I'm gonna find it and send it to you. Oh, please do. And I remember uh-huh. that you guys were, you're on the way. And, <laughs> and there's a buddy of mine I'd love to get on the show as well, named Keith, uh-huh. Keith Dreyer. He works for Henry Shine, and I feel like he's doing a marathon every weekend. Uh-huh. But he was telling me in the New York City Triathlon, when you're getting close to the Tavern on the Green, you you learn to really look forward to the smell of horse shit because. There's all the horses there, and so you know when you yeah. start smelling the horse dung that You're almost hey, there. I'm close to the finish line. Yeah, 
So yeah. that's that's great. No, I remember, and that that's why I just I always just remember you going off and doing these endurance events, um, and then it's kind of funny how we had a chance to reconnect because I knew you had done some Ironman events, and it's something I've always dreamed of doing, but just I, I didn't do it until I got into a part of my life where even I was go- struggling to get over uh, a relationship and. Um, and then just kind of took it upon. I actually was challenged by you. You you know met Kelly, challenged by her to be able to well first do marathons and then triathlons. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was Maryland 2019, the full Ironman, where I was looking at the shirt that just it has everyone's <laughs> names on it. So T's near the V. I'm like, wait a minute. So I pick up my phone. I call you. Like Mike, are you are you here in Maryland right now? And you're on your way. And and we had a chance to <laughs> to catch back up. And, and you're absolutely right. I, I've been trying to get involved, involved in the triathlon community. And then because of COVID, um, it, it's been tough to meet other people that are also into this. Because uh, just to echo what you're saying earlier, unless you really are involved with this, I think some people just kind of think this is like running around the park and then kind of taking a swim at the beach, mm-hmm. um, not quite knowing exactly what goes into it. Although I think enough people have caught on as far as what a full Ironman uh, distances but then like kelly and i we tried to just make our own iron man this last summer and try to get some people to help out and crew us and even some people that committed backed out i don't think they thought it was a big deal to back out because again i think they just kind of saw it as we were taking a a swim and then a ride and then a jog um <laughs> so it's been great yeah. to have some other colleagues to to get to meet and uh, to know uh for the iron man event um but tell me about some of the Ironmans you've done. I know you've done some 70.3s, and then you even did one in South Korea, I believe, correct? Yes. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing uh, the reach that Ironman has uh, to the rest of the world. I mean, it, when you start talking about long-distance racing, I mean, they've got a foothold on the community. And... I already knew about the full distance, the the full Ironman distance that they have in um, it's Guria. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but mm-hmm. Guria, uh, it's a volcanic island uh, from what people tell me. But wow. you 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 have to plan way in advance. And in South Korea, you can't just simply hop in a car and drive somewhere. You're you're literally on call twenty four seven when you're in Korea. So uh, in order to to take leave, I mean, you, you've got to jump through a lot of hoops. Um, so one day I was volunteering at the U.S. Post Office and someone saw my uh, my Ironman jacket that I was wearing because it, it was quite cold. It was still we're coming out of winter. And one of the girls was like, hey, are you doing the race in Gosong? Gosong's all the way on the southern uh, part of the peninsula. Uh, in South mm-hmm. Korea and you know I tried to be cool about it and I go yeah I'm already signed up <laughs> when in fact I wasn't signed up yet and oh you know, <laughs> and you're you like know, note I, to I, self sign up as, as soon as I got home I immediately logged in and you know they were still taking entries I don't think my name made it onto the uh, t-shirt but um, I was able to, to sign up in time uh, but Gosong in South Korea, that was the inaugural uh, time they had run that event with Ironman for 70.3. So that was that was really special. I've never been part of a an Ironman race that has never been run before. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the first time yeah. they, they've run the event. So 
they broke out all the stops. They gave running shoes uh, to folks. They gave oh, towels. Wow. Um, they took they took very nice photographs. Um, they had tons of food uh, on the course. Uh, water bottles. I mean, you name it, they gave it to you. Um, the one thing that that made me mad though, they didn't have a, a, a sticker. And if you've seen my FJ Cruiser, it's just riddled with stickers of yeah, yeah. all the races. And Go Song did not have a sticker. So. Those jerks. You, you, have you <laughs> thought about making your own? I was, actually. I was thinking about making a sticker. Turns out to make a sticker, it's like $35. I'm like, oh, my God, do I want to pay $35 for a sticker? So. Yeah, that's true. Unless you probably do up you know, a greater quantity of them or something, but then, in, you know, what are you going to do with a thousand stickers? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Maybe some to other people that want a sticker, but yeah. Um, uh, but over for overseas, that that's pretty much the only one I've, I've done a uh, St. Croix. That's a, no longer an Ironman race that exists anymore, but, oh, okay. uh, that was a 70.3. It's a U.S. Virgin Island. Right. Um, and, uh, that was, that, it was such a great experience. I got to bring my whole family uh, with me uh, to that trip. My two boys, my wife, my mother-in-law, and we basically just turned it into a, a family vacation. So good stuff. Well, that's, yeah, that's great. And do you usually have your family or at least uh, Melissa with you, who I, I think you dubbed uh, Sherpa Woman? And she said she <laughs> loves that nickname, right? No, she does not. Don't say that to her. <laughs> no, but um, you know. I've gone through different Sherpa women's, uh, through the years, uh, my little brother, uh, my cousin, Christopher, um, I've always had to coax people with, uh, food or money, um, you know, to, to, to come and, and, and be a Sherpa, my mother, my father, they've, they've been Sherpa woman. And then, you know, um, when I met Melissa, I, I dragged her to Florida. Um, I took her to, to West point with me one time. Um, now that we're married, I, I I don't really take the family that much anymore. I'm starting to find that uh, the logistics of of traveling, kids, and bedtime schedules uh, it presents a, a very big challenge. And I mean, I I, I had babies for <laughs> for mm -hmm. for all intents matters. I mean, they they were they were quite young, uh, you know. Uh, just like a newborn. And I think Marco was like three or four years old and Melissa was always worried that someone was going to kidnap the kids. So now I do my races solo. So when I saw you in Maryland, I was by myself. And then I just recently came back from Florida, uh, over the weekend and I, I went by myself, um, really just bored out of my mind. You know, when you don't have the family there, <laughs> And you have a perfectly good beach with sand uh, for building sandcastles, and there's no one to build sandcastles with. You're there by yourself. Well, and you're trying yeah. to focus on the race and not get too uh, sidetracked with other things. And so, yeah, I, I've done two of these now where, you know, it's easy to kind of stew and, you know, you want to try to, to be good and not overindulge and all sorts oh. of things you can ingest. Um and so, yeah, that, that gets to be kind of tough. So too bad I, I wasn't there to be able to build sandcastles with you. you. We were supposed to do Mount Tremblant up in Quebec this last August, but then that got postponed. Oh. Mm -hmm. So at least we'll mm -hmm. have that in, in August. Um, is that near is that near the beach? What it, I don't even I don't even know. What the no, it's in it's uh, up in in 
the mountains actually outside of Montreal. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll have to find something other than sandcastles probably to do uh, next <laughs> you know, come next August. So sure, but I guess in this sure. way, it kind of makes it your own escape, or it's just it's kind of become like your your time then um, when you go to do these races. I I suspect, um, and then. I guess Melissa, you, you, she's home with the kids. So I guess get some quality mother, mother, son time then, or son's time. Oh yeah, and um, here, here's the other thing. I, I've, I've been on my own. Uh, I was an exchange student in Australia my junior year in college, and then uh, spent time in Iraq for uh, nine or ten months uh, mm -hmm. with no family there, and then, um, of course, the the time in South Korea that was twelve months. So. Um, you know, it being, uh, on, on your own at these things, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I always worry that I'm not going to finish the race or some, some major malfunction is going to happen. And, oh my gosh, if they had traveled for however many miles or how many, uh, you know, airplane flights, uh, to get to that location and you don't finish it, just that sense of disappointment is incredible. I, have you ever DQ'd a race or did not finish a DNF? Yeah, which which I've got a story about that. And I, I'm sure it's one of those things for you, too. I'm sure your family would still love and care about you all the same. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but, no, I had, um, I'm still a little uh, uh, bitter about this. But And I was going to ask you if you still have the same strategy. But what happened the Ironman Boulder was my first one. They, it, I think, well, I'm not sure if it was the first year the rolling starts, but I got towards the back because I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. um, they, they let the pros go at six and then the age groups go at 620. Well, I didn't get in the water until almost 730. Um, but I, I asked the race organizers, I said, hey, we're supposed to have till midnight or at least a full 17 hours, but I'm going to be getting in the out water probably a lot later. And you have these hard cutoff times and, I imagine does that is that a, a soft hard you know cutoff time because we're not all just getting in the water big free for all and the the guy happened to say like well well actually the the first person asked he thought that was the case someone else wasn't sure but thought there was a hard cutoff time um, but what had happened since I got in the water late I, later I thought okay I have till one a.m. and I was I was uh, projected to finish at twelve thirteen p.m. so mm -hmm. I was on mile sixteen. Uh, on the run portion and at my forever pace, so I'm going very slow. I mean, it looks like I'm just waddling. I think I was going 16, 17 minute miles. And, uh, but at least I was going. And then it was about nine 30 or so when the guy came up and I was like, Hey, you know, like you, you didn't pass this cutoff. And so I wasn't, uh, it, it's just kind of a crushing thing. Cause you put so much time and energy to, to get oh, to that wow. point from, hmm. you know, be, and that's the thing. It's this one day event, but so much time away from work and family and friends. I went out to focus on it. And so I, w I was crushed. And then that's um, oh, I was to, I remember being like, you know, screw that. You know, I'm, I'm signed up for Maryland and I'm just going to I'm just going to jump in. As soon as I can jump in, I jump in. And then when I came across you, you had yeah. the same sentiment. You're like, <laughs> you you're and like, I were you and I were like, let's just go to the front of the line. We went to the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I still got the same, a lot of amount of time, but we, yeah. we at least didn't. And Kelly was there too. And she said, sure enough, the people in the back, it was about an hour later when they got in the water and I finished what 15 hours and 59 minutes or something like that. So mm -hmm. 
I, I'm glad I did that. And I was going to ask, how was it? Did you do this this last time or was it different because of all the rolling starts that they have for COVID? And, and I know just things are different with the new protocols. So you bring up an interesting thing. So I, I've done races before where they will tell the whole age group, hey, all the 20 to 25 year olds, you know, let me get you together. And it's just this mass, mass start. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I never swim in the middle. I always swim. I'm a, I breathe on my right side, by the way. I don't I don't yeah, do uh, both sides. So I actually line up all the way to the left. And, okay. um, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable swimming, but I, I, I don't like it when when folks uh, enter my space. <laughs> so, oh, geez. That's what you have to get used to that because. Like yeah. in Maryland, but you know, actually both times people are just crawling over you, climbing you, over you. Yeah. And you, yeah, you got the jellyfish uh, trying oh, to suck that your was face another thing. and <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half of just being stung constantly. So that was a challenge I didn't expect getting out there. Yeah. But I'll tell you though, with the the rolling starts, I, I've done other ones where it was like, hey, they're gonna send two or three people at a time. And you know, if if they're telling you to self-seed just go for it already. I mean, you have nothing to lose. Uh, what's to three, three, three? Yeah. I mean, if, if they're only doing three, anywhere from three to five people at a time, I mean, you guys are going to be spread out. You might as well just go for it. So right. the way they did it in Florida, they basically had like uh, 10 lines, if you will, side by side. Okay. And um, they would activate one line and say, okay, 20 people go to the front. And those 20 people would, would get sent off and then they'd go to another line and activate that. And okay, 20 people go ahead and go to the front of the line. So, I mean, they were, they were doing their best to, uh, you know, kind of spread it out, but they said people that could do it in 60 minutes, go ahead and start lining up people that could do it, um, one hour to one hour and 20 minutes. That that's usually where I, I fall. I went ahead and signed up. But once you get out there in the 10 lines, there's no way to tell who's who anymore. Ah. You know? So did so, you still leave in the first wave? Uh, maybe 10 minutes. Maybe okay. 10 minutes after the pros had gone. So I, I reckon I probably started around uh, 610, 620. I mean, don't quote okay. me on that. But, I mean, it, it was still early, very early enough uh, in the game. But – like you, I'm always worried about um, I'm worried about the time, you know, so I, I don't like to linger in the back. Um, so I just try to get in there in the in the very beginning. Um, mm -hmm. You talked about uh, not being able to finish the run. So my first Ironman was Coeur d'Alene uh, in 2011. Okay. And my wife, Melissa, she had told me that there were folks that did not finish the swim. And that that right there, I think, is very, very disheartening. Um, I can you imagine? I mean, they've they've trained probably months, uh, maybe in years or whatnot, and to not be able to make it past the first cutoff. I mean, we're talking about within the first you get like two, don't you get like two hours and 20 minutes to do? You get two swim? hours and 20. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, yeah. 
that's too much. That's uh, that, that that was I felt really bad for those folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, hey, kudos to them for at least attempting and starting. Um, but yeah, it's always something that's I try not to. to it's in the back of my mind, which is also mm-hmm. why it's I just want to just get going. And so you don't necessarily have to be towards the back or at least stare at people getting in the water for an hour and stew about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I have your stats in front of me, by the way. You, you got in at 606. Oh, wow. And okay. I don't know what your normal st- race time is, but to me, you were hauling ass. You, you did this in an hour and 20 minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, so when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, Mike is just kicking ass and hauling ass. That's that's awesome. And uh, I'm I'm with you, though. Like for me, the just for me for the swim, you're, you're the freshest. It's your first event. I one, I've got just a little extra uh insulation on my body you know just a little uh-huh. more, more weight than i prefer inside so I, I, i'm always just overheating and hot well when you're in the water it's, it's easier to keep cool and so like i actually like the swim the swim's one of my favorite parts of it um but at the same time i've realized the thing to focus on and it's the longest part of the race uh is the bike and um i realized hey if you if you do better and just try to haul ass as best you can on the bike then even if you struggle a little bit more in the run, you have just a little bit more leeway. Um, so how did that go for you when you, you transitioned, you went from the swim, which, by the way, in, in Florida, what is it? Is it an out and back or what? what is the swim course like? So for the swim, you do a 1.2 mile loop. Uh, loop. You okay. get out of the water and run across the beach and then go back in to do it all over again. Really? So, yeah. I've never heard anything I've, like that. That's weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the flip side, though. Can you imagine doing 2.4 miles straight? That that right there is is uh, that that could be kind of mind boggling. Every every triath or uh, Ironman triathlon I've ever done uh, full distance, they've always done it where it's it's been two loops uh, for the swim. So 1.2 and then run across the beach, then 1.2 again. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, actually, Boulder was it was a trapezoid. You go out, you go over and then you come back in. Oh, my but gosh. <laughs> Cozumel next next week. And this is the first time I've seen it. I'm doing this with uh-huh. Kelly. It's point to point. You get in point A and you go two point four and then That's you get out. Cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh huh. And the thing about it, it's going to be 84 degree water, no wetsuit, but 100 percent visibility, it says. So that might be kind of cool if I can look at a dolphin or a squid or. <laughs> dead body from some uh, from Cozumel 2019 down there or something. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but that's gonna, that's going to be kind of yeah a different experience for me for sure. And then how did it go for you when you got on the bike? Um. So I, I got to uh, tell you this up front. I okay. never rode my bike during COVID-19. Okay. I, I did a race at the end of September and I did another race at the uh, beginning of October this year. Um, they were purely sprint distances. So we're talking about like, uh, 14 or 15 miles, uh, each time mm-hmm. I spent almost the whole year when the gyms opened back up in Maryland. Um, I spent almost the, the whole COVID-19 time doing spin classes. Um, and that's how I got my training on the bike. Um, so I knew that wasn't going to translate, uh, very well, unfortunately. Um, 
the bike was there was headwind the whole time. No, oh, I, I, it was incredible. It, it, it was to the point where I actually did not, not wear my sunglasses. I had it clipped in on uh, the front of my my suit. And I wore without I wore sunglasses without sunglasses the whole time. And if you look at my left eye, it's it's sunburnt uh, right there on the corner. Um, oh, wow. So I, I ended up uh, paying for it. But um, no sunglasses because they they came off or they just kept blowing off. No, no, no. It's yeah, just the the blowing. And I don't know what it was. I was just it was it was kind of hot to me uh, uh, during the race. Um, mile 20, I started to cramp up and it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be, this is going to be a long day. Um, I, I had eaten, uh, peanut butter sandwiches, um, for drink. I use this thing called hot shots. Hot shots. Okay. Yeah. Have a look on that. (laughs) I'm going to write this down. Um, it's basically a shot of uh, very, very salty water. Um, I discovered it maybe about four years ago um, when I was training for uh, Lake Placid and Louisville. Okay. And um, there are these little uh, like eight-hour energy shots, but they're, they're triathlon-made. Um, and you're, you're meant to take them uh, every couple of hours or minutes or so. Um, I usually carry a couple of those with me. But I had to immediately down one of those because I was starting to cramp at mile 20. And here's the thing. I already told you that the most courses are are looped. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to do it two times. You're going to do 56 miles and then turn around and do the same course again. So you'll you'll get to see the course twice. Florida was a 101, 112-mile loop. I have never done that before. That was that was very – you had to – that's mental gymnastics right there uh, to be able <laughs> to do straight 112 miles. So so do you um, prefer it with a loop then? You know, just counting down every every 10 miles, that, that, was, that was the hard part. Yeah. Gotcha. So you, you like to have a loop, something that's a little bit tighter – you know, you've got a couple spins on it or a couple turns on the, the loop. Yeah, actually, I, I kind of don't like the the point to point it for the shorter races. I have no problem with that. But, you know, when you start getting into these very, very long distances, I, I feel like uh, this one strategy that I used to use in running longer distances, you know, the, the idea of chunking uh, portions of the race mm-hmm. Um so kind of being able to expect, okay, you know, this next 10 or 15 miles, I've done this already. You've already built up the confidence because you've already conquered it. And, you know, um, if you're running a second loop on it, you've already done it. Uh, you did it earlier. So what's what says that you can't do it a second time? So it just starts to become a mental game, I, I feel like. So I, I really thought the Florida course, point to point, I've never done 112 miles straight like that. So that was that was a little bit tough for me. Gotcha. Or I guess mm-hmm. in this case, and I say point to point, it still is point back to the same point in the loop. Right, right. But it's mm-hmm. just one one go around. Because in Maryland, for the run part, you see the finish line three times. And oh, yeah. that was three just times. cruel because you're like, <laughs> there's the finish line. Oh, nope, you got to go out again. And then 
one more time and then it's not as long for the last loop but still it's just uh -huh. oh could this be can this be done already um <laughs> what was the run course like for florida so um 13 miles so it was six and a half out and six and a half back or okay is that right is that is that math correct yeah no that 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 works out six and a half yeah um so, two so you, that. you get to see see the, the course two times and you really know what to expect i mean i saw captain america and wonder woman at mile i think it was uh, mile eight ah, I, 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 okay. I don't know what it, what it was going down but i basically saw uh, these two girls dress up as captain america and wonder woman two times or, or actually four times so I had to go there and back, there and mm -hmm. back. Yeah, I saw them four times. So <laughs> that was what I was trying to, uh, you know, make myself, like, look forward to. They were offering me uh, Red Bull and, I think, beer. Uh, ah. I, I, are I you allowed to take down. it? I, you what know, are the rules? I, if you, I've you... never turned it down. <laughs> these, these Ironman races or even the marathons, they, they sometimes have folks that are, are a little bit rogue and they have a – like beer stops or whatnot. But um, I've done marathons before where they had fireball, uh, you know. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Guadalajara marathon. It, it was actually one of the the, uh, the the race booths that they had. They had beer toward oh, the wow. end. And for me, I'm like, I'm still running. I, I'm, I'm good. But they that was a fun one. They really liked to party down in Mexico, which I'm, I'm curious what the Ironman is going to be like. Uh, but they had, I mean, chicks with barely anything on on flatbed trucks <laughs> dancing and mariachi bands it, it was fun but i remember um in fact it was boulder kelly happened to i was running and she brought me some coke and a cookie or something and then later on i'm like oh wait a minute you know i was, I was running like couldn't am I, am I supposed to do that can i do that but the thing with me since i'm always towards the back the, it almost doesn't matter if it's an Ironman triathlon, if it's an endurance race or, a, you know, like an ultra marathon, because when you're slow, you'll get to boost and like, yeah, we're out of every, you know, we're out of Coke, we're out of chicken broth, we're out of this and that. And so I, I kind of rationalized and felt justified, like, well, if I wasn't supposed to, I mean, they were out of Coke at the last station. So hey, here mm -hmm. you go. I don't know. Um, maybe I'll see Captain America Wonder Woman in Mexico next week. And <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully, uh, uh, do you say speed? No, not speedball. That's something different. Uh, Red Bull and, and beer. So one was beer. And then I think the uh, Red Bull had Jägermeister with it. I, oh, I Don't quote me on that. I didn't I didn't taste anything. Did you uh, see anybody um, drinking any? Anybody take them up on their offer? Oh, yeah. These these two girls, they were they were good looking. So they, ah. they were they were they were just making eye contact with everyone and trying to stop them and it's weird but in florida i i don't recall people wearing masks so i mean i i, I had to kind of just steer clear not make any small talk with anybody right um, that that's the, that was the challenging part there um gotcha because i've always mm -hmm. wondered if someone's just in such incredible shape that they can you know, drink the night before or apparently drink on the course if someone offers it to them. Uh, mm -hmm. In Maryland, Kelly and I saw somebody. You, you can always pick off who's going to be participating in the race because they'll have their wristbands on them when they do their packet pickup. Uh -huh. So there was somebody at a restaurant that had a, a wristband. I was drinking martinis. I'm like, oh, wow. But I was being <laughs> focused. I wasn't going to even 
you know, indulge in any of that at all. Um, but I have wondered if someone's either done the Iron Man hungover or even drunk. Has anybody ever challenged themselves to where they're like, I'm going to get hammered and go do an Iron Man? Uh, I have yet to, to hear any stories, but I'm, I'm still curious. Um, you know, as far as feel-good stories, did you happen to see? Uh, his name's Chris. He probably pronounces it Nikik, but it's a Slavic name, Nikic. But he is the first Down syndrome individual to finish an Ironman. I did, and I was uh, in the process of finishing uh, my first loop, and uh -huh. uh, he was going in the opposite direction. So, okay, come to find out, him going in the opposite direction, he was actually beginning his second lap. So I had not finished. Uh, or sorry, he was already beginning his second lap and I was coming back on the first lap. So, okay. um, yeah, that was, that was very, uh, inspiring, uh, to see him, uh, finish that. Um, you and I both know what goes in and everyone else knows what goes into, uh, you know, preparing for something like this. So absolutely and, uh, with COVID-19 on top of that, that that's, that's the other, the other part too, as well, that, that, um, you know, using that as the backdrop, that's an incredible story. Um, and oh, actually absolutely. I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I even met my post when I posted it on Facebook, when he finished, cause I was following both you and him on the Ironman app. I was my, what I said was bonus chromosome or no bonus chromosome. Like this is amazing. It's incredible what he was able to do. And then you're right. The, the thing with COVID for me, for the Mount Treblant that we signed up for, uh, I had, four 70.3 Ironman events and a, the New York City Triathlon to prepare for it, all that wiped away. And so it's a matter of just trying to discipline yourself um, with you and whoever you've got to help you out. And so it just, mm -hmm. this is just a, a more challenging year to, to do it. So it's just, yeah, it was awesome that he was able to do that. So kudos to, to Chris. How did this race stack up then compared to other Ironman events? Did you like the course? Would you... Do it again, although I know you said you don't like to to repeat the course, the same course you've already done. Yes, that that is that is going to be a hard thing to do. Um, so, you know, different folks have told me about uh, how to go to Kona, right? You could do the the twelve full distances, um, and then um, I forget what they call it, legacy or whatnot. Uh huh. Um, yep, exactly. I have friends that have done multiple races of the same race. They've done multiple times of the same race. Um, I kind of don't want my, my narrative to be like that. I want to be able to do 12 different races. Now, here's the catch. Um, the first Ironman that I did was in 11. The next time I did Ironman was 16. Okay? I, okay. And everything in between was 70.3s. I just chose not to pick up the full distance again so 16 i did two and 16 and then you and i did uh maryland in 19 and then uh panama city beach in 20 we also had uh montreblanc and um tulsa was a, another one uh, that, we, <laughs> that we were looking forward to um i'm trying to to stack these races up because i'm not getting any younger i am only getting older and I'm starting to um, age gracefully, as they say. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm starting to, uh, my knees are starting to give out on me now. Um, 
Saturday's race in in um, Panama City Beach. That that would that's my thirtieth marathon, full full marathon that I've ever done, and my knees are done. I've I've already had it <laughs> with, oh, geez. with my knees. Um, my left knee has already been repaired, and I think I have another repair replacement uh, somewhere in my future. But um, I'm just glad that I, I you know, I'm, I'm walking again. I'm, I'm four days uh, out or five days out from from uh, post race, so mm-hmm. um, I'm still a little bit sore, but I, I'm okay. I can climb stairs, and I've gone swimming every day, but Monday and uh, Sunday and Monday this week, so. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get back into, uh, again. So sure. Well, and a couple of thoughts to that one, you know, the thing that's so inspiring about this race. And we talked about Chris, who was able to complete it when I, mm-hmm. my, my first attempt was Boulder and I had people, um, because they write people's, uh, age groups on their calves, how old you are. I had people mm-hmm. in their seventies blowing by me, people that seemed heavier set and they I also realized you can't judge someone's fitness level by their physique and they're blown by me. And it gave me inspiration that like, Hey, this is something you can do and you can enjoy into, you know, later into life and people with all different uh, fitness levels and challenges can participate in this. But you're right. You do bring up another good point that I guess you also don't know what, what life's going to bring you, what curveball you're going curveballs you're going to have, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you and I in a profession that I think we know people that have suddenly can't practice dentistry anymore because they're, uh, either something with their wrist or their back. Um, and you mentioned your knees. So you're right that, you know, if you, uh, maybe pace it too much, you don't want to get to the point where then it's just something that you can't, can't accomplish. And I guess that's the one thing in life, trying to balance seizing the day or living for the now, but still planning for the future. So mm-hmm. I can right. completely understand if you're going to try to, to double it up to try to get into the, the Kona lottery. Um, and for those that aren't familiar, there's, well, I guess there's a few ways to get into Kona. Traditionally, you have to win your age group or some races you can be what first through fourth place. Uh, for me, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. This last year, I think they offered you could buy your way in, um, and I think it, the winning bid was a half million dollars or something. Oh, my so, gosh. Wow. So that's not going to be me. <laughs> um, and it's, I think it's for a charitable cause. Sure. But then the other way is after 12 full Ironman completions, you can then go into, as Mike said, the, the legacy lottery. That's what they refer to it as. But you, you enter your name, and then you can be drawn to be able to go to, to Kona on the big island and then still go on the championship course, which I imagine just has to be an awesome feeling to, to finally make it there. So um, that's awesome you're shooting for that. And what, what's your count, out right, count at right now if you include Florida? I am at five right now. So I'm not, I'm not even halfway yet there, but um... – one of my uh, good friends out in Chicago that I had met in um, at St. Croix, um, uh, Stacy Mendez, um, she actually was able to do the 12 races within five years. Um, oh, wow. Of course, she's a little bit younger than me, um, but just looking at the way she spaced things out, the thing is, is you got to be able to 
believe in yourself that you can do more than one big race uh, in a year. Um, even myself trying to do two Ironmans spaced out eight weeks apart, I didn't think it could be done. And, you know, Louisville was eight weeks out from, from Lake Placid and Louisville ended up being a very fast race for me, uh, time-wise. Um, so you just got to trust the training and, and really look on paper for what it's going to look like. Um, and you know, all the time and dedication and what you're going to have to give up, um, any kind of, uh, life, um, that you have to <laughs> sprinkle in there. Um, and everyone else that's around you, any loved ones, uh, family, spouse, um, work commitments, you just, you got to see what it all looks like on paper. Um, Absolutely. And that, that, that's the challenging part, I think. It really is like having a second job, or at least a second part-time job with mm -hmm. what goes into it. And you bring up a good point. Not every course is created equally. So imagine a faster course. Maybe that's the one to have before you do, say, an Ironman Canada, at least the one in Whistler that, man, did that have almost 5,000 feet vertical gain on the bike? Oh, my God. Um, oh, no. Which, to me, is just it's nuts. So... Yeah, these Flor are all uh, Florida. Safety. Florida was like 275. That's like nothing. I don't even remember what was. I don't even remember what Maryland was. I, that one. Maryland was about that too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know the the whole thing about elevation gain, um, Coeur d'Alene. That's that's hilly uh, in uh -huh. Idaho, right? And then Lake Placid. Oh my gosh, I I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I've gone over the handlebars a couple of times and I am, I am terrified to go down, <laughs> go down hills. So, you know, 2016 was my year, uh, to get over, uh, going down fast, uh, on hills, you know, just oh, being able wow. to, no, to I didn't trust know that. myself. Yeah. Um, in 2007, I went over the handlebars and I broke my fall, uh, with my wrist, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, damn. Yeah. Was so, it the one you hold your handpiece in? Is that your no, drilling no. wrist? It's okay, it's the left <laughs> side, thank God. But um, that that really scared the heck out of me. And I, I tell you, for uh, a good five or six years, I just was terrified to go down uh, hills. Yeah, um, I can imagine. So, um, yeah, the 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 rides are are you know depending on what location you go down the elevation is going to be spread out all over the place. And if you do a course, like I said, that was uh, looped, you just got to build that confidence uh, while you do the course. Here's another thing. I actually do not ride courses um, ahead of time. I know certain folks will try to preview the course. Um, I'm, I'm not that competitive. You know, I like to, I like to go to movies and not watch the previews. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. So. Sure. <laughs> I think Boulder, I and a little bit of Maryland, I drove it, but then kind of just got kind of a glimpse of what I needed to do. But I definitely didn't do the whole thing. And yeah, wow. I, I've seen people riding the entire course the day before, and it's like, oh my gosh, no, just, I, just, <laughs> I, I would just save your strength, you know, carbo load as best <laughs> yeah, you can. Sure. Get ready for it. So, um. What would you say has been your most favorite Ironman course so far? God, this is so hard because I absolutely loved Lake Placid. Um, 
you know, uh, that's probably the my second best Iron Man that I ever did. But it was just tough. I mean, I remember there were times on the course where I was like, where is the mile marker? <laughs> you know, and um, just getting so down about that. Um, have you ever noticed that most of these Ironmans, they finish at nighttime? That is very mm-hmm. dramatic. Um, uh, Coeur d'Alene, I finished, you know, as the sun was starting to set. So it was it was uh, very bittersweet. But every Ironman since has I, I've I have finished in the dark. The thing I loved about uh, Lake Placid, um, it finishes in the old Olympic Stadium. So they make oh, you cool. do a lap through the stadium and they play uh, U2. <laughs> the, oh, the really? The have no name. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Was, okay. Um, I, I bought my video and pictures that year, so I, I can relive it all the time. And it was just an incredible finish. They have people lining the whole finish line for about 200, 300 yards and uh, most folks, they finish, you know, by themselves, they, you know, I get it's one of those unsaid rules, like you're going to let that person glory. You, you mm-hmm. kind of don't want to blow past them <laughs> right? <laughs> when you're like 10 fi- or 15 yards uh, from the from the finish line, because, you know, they're going to get that photo. Right. And right. The last thing I want to have is another person in that photo. Uh, it happens sometimes. But um, Lake Placid was just was just very beautiful. And being able to finish uh, in that location was pretty nice. The other location is Louisville. Louisville finishes on uh, 4th Street Live. Um, okay. If you've, if you've um, ever looked at it, it's basically an outdoor veranda, and it is very, very spread out. Um, they have lights and glitz galore. Um, oh, cool. It is, it is a amazing uh, finish line. You, you feel like you're at a, a, a rock concert. I feel like um, in Louisville, just the atmosphere and the energy alone uh, in that location was was pretty nice. I'm trying to think. Maryland was outdoors. Um, that that was that was a good finish. But like I said, Lake Placid and, and Louisville, I thought those were pretty pretty nice finishes. Those are the and top then, two. Those are my top two. Yeah. And it's too bad that Louisville's now uh, it, they've canceled it indefinitely. Yeah, you know, with the the unrest that, that was going on, it's it's very hard to believe. I lived in Kentucky for three years, you know, 2015 to 2018. Mm-hmm. And you never, ever heard about anything like that going on. I, I mean, sure, there, there are some some bad parts, uh, but there are, there are equal good parts um, about sure. Louisville, uh, too, as well. And um, it, that's just very disheartening. I mean, Louisville... That that's a stalwart. A, a lot of people um, look forward to that race. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the the swim is the funnest part, right? Because aren't you going with the current, so you have a chance to to haul ass a little more than normal? Oh yeah, they they start you off in this little bay area where they have like uh, it's like an island barrier. So you swim out and then you hang a left, and then you you capture the river at that point, and the river is just pushing you along and. It is. It's you'll you will swim fast in 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 Louisville um, because they they time that that current uh, for everything. So it's yeah, it's a it's an excellent race. Man, well maybe they'll uh, return it one of these days when that I guess they have a little bit more uh, 
uh, security or assurances that things mm-hmm. can go off okay and, and safely. Um, what has been your least favorite race? I would have to say Ironman 70.3 Florida. Um, oh, and that's the same location as the full, isn't it? Actually, um, I might be saying it wrong. Gulf, the Gulf, Co- not Gulf Coast, but uh, it's the one that was uh, right next to um, uh, Legoland. Okay. Anyhow, in Florida, it, w- it was this race that I did in 2018. And um, I'm about 50 yards out from the start gate on the bike. And I go to um, shift my gears and the whole back derailleur just blew up. And I had just had the bike serviced uh, the day before. Um, so I found out the hard way. You cannot uh, end, begin and end the race with a different bike. <laughs> and my, my race was over pretty much. That sucks. And why is that yeah. a rule? Because even in the Tour de France, if you know, Lance Armstrong's bike broke, you get another bike and keep going or switch with a teammate. Yeah. You know, I I've, I've been to Ironman races where they actually take a picture of the bike that you begin with. I think they, they had done that actually in Louisville. I had mm-hmm. to bring Same my with Maryland. bike together. Yeah. Oh yeah. In Maryland. I mean, they were, they were taking pictures of the bikes. Um, in- Which is funny. Cause I thought they were doing that. So you could be like, Hey, check out my bike, man. I rode on that thing. And I realized afterwards, like, oh, I think that's a security measure or to make sure you what you didn't swap bikes for like an electric bike or something. Yeah. And if you read some of the comments from the Florida race, there there was someone saying, hey, I thought so and so was riding an electric bike. But it turns out that person was uh, either pacing someone or, or riding the course. I, I have no idea. But I was going to say in South Korea, a lot of people ride electric bikes and. Um, there's no way, sometimes there's no way to tell. I mean, those things look like legit bikes, you know what I mean? So, yeah. (laughs) So if somebody's normally getting a seven hour bike time and some of them are showing up in three and a half hours, you're like, yeah, I might be some a little fishy about this one. Uh, do you remember the guy in Maryland who he did the bike portion on a mountain bike, I believe with studded tires and for some reason to put truck nuts on his bike seat. Do you remember oh that guy? Lord. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of I, I was going to say that the bike is actually my weakest, uh, weakest event. Um, I, I've ridden a bike ever since I was, you know, five years old or whatnot. But uh, I am probably on my sixth bike now. And um, I've actually ridden the same bike now for about seven years. I haven't. Oh, okay. I usually don't stay with a bike that long. Maybe like two years, and then switch it up. But I, I see everyone on the course now is riding Di two. Um, you're not in the in crowd if you don't have, if you don't have that. Um, I started yep. riding that in 2013, and I just thought it was the coolest thing um, to have. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of things that can go wrong. I feel like. Um, by having all that coolness uh, between your legs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, well, it's true. The more bells and whistles, the more things that can go wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, you're absolutely right. But that equipment, I mean, it, it makes the, the biggest difference. Um, 
I mean, you mentioned headwind. I'd say after heat, that's probably the my you know most difficult thing for any kind of race. So getting used to the aero bars and really taking advantage of those makes a world of difference. Um, and I've I've got a uh, Quintana Roo PR5 uh, disc, and when I when I got that, I'm just huge huge upgrade from this. I think aluminum framed K2 bike that I had and it, it was, it's been amazing. So, mm -hmm. uh, it's really tough when you don't see, you know, you see these new bikes that keep coming out like, Ooh, that looks pretty sweet. That looks pretty sweet. But these things aren't exactly, uh, you know, buying it a Huffy at Kmart, like, like I would as a kid for <laughs> 50 to hundred bucks. These things are several thousand. I mean, you can spend upwards of 15,000. I think my bike was closer to six, six to seven, maybe 6,500. So, yeah, these nothing to take lightly as far as making new bike purchases. I'm trying to get some life out of this one. Um, mm -hmm. What are you riding these days? What's your bike? I have a Quintana Roo uh, CD01. Okay. Um, it's black and orange. Uh, I've always wanted a black bike. You know, I've I've uh, I've ridden blue, I've ridden orange, ridden red, white. Um, I'm kind of a, a, a bike whore, if you will. Um, but I, I just realized black goes with everything, you know, depending it on does. whatever kit you wear. Um, yep. yeah, black will just go with, with everything. My, um, my wheel set, uh, their profile design and they have no insignia on it. It's just black all the way through. Yeah. It's just a matte finish. Um, so yeah, it's I, I I've always wanted that kind of a bike, and I I finally have it. Um, I do have a second bike. It's a a, um, a giant Trinity. That's the the model uh, on it. I got that bike uh, right after I came back uh, from Iraq. That was my my treat to myself, and nice. I have never parted with this bike. I love this bike. It's an aluminum bike. I, I rode that in uh, Coeur d'Alene, and I've, I've had a very hard time uh, parting with that bike. That's my uh, fallback bike uh, if I don't, I don't feel like uh, riding the, um, the DI2 uh, at, at a, a shorter race. But yeah, sure. that, that's, that's a good, good bike that I have, too. Something you'll hold on to even just for sentimental purposes, you think? Oh, or? yeah. I, lo yeah. Just, I, I love this bike. It, it's been with me um, through different races and times in my life. And, uh, when it came time to, to buy the, the QR, uh, you know, Melissa told me, what are you going to do with the other bike? You gotta sell it. Cause it's going to take up space. <laughs> so, but I, I, I told her, look, I gotta keep, I gotta keep a second bike because you know, if this one goes down or if I drop it or I crash, I, I just, I need to have a second bike. So sure. I've been sure. able well, maybe to negotiate that. Mm-hmm. Do your sons have any interest in it? Maybe it's something they can pick up one day and try out. Um, my uh, eldest just learned how to ride a bike this past summer. So you can imagine uh, the elation that I had uh, when he had figured out uh, how to uh, ride a bike. I think uh, when I got him on camera, he actually had crashed into an evergreen tree. Oh, so geez. <laughs> you, you just see me kind of laughing my head off. My uh, youngest is four years old. He still has training wheels, but I can see, you know, the wheels are literally turning uh, in his mind for, for how to balance this thing. I'm going to give it some time, though. Um, sure. 
they both sink like rocks in the water and you know they're pretty decent runners but nothing uh distance wise i think that's gonna have to come with time right right uh-huh. well that's good did do, do they have some excitement for it though like maybe someday they can do what dad does so neither of them were thought of in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> Melissa yeah. and I had only been uh, married for a year uh, or so. Um, both of them were there for uh, Lake Placid. And that, I thought that was such a great way to finish. You know, I saw Melissa and the two boys. And I think we, all, we had some other relatives that were there. So that was just a, a really good, good experience. And they were both awake for that. Louisville, I finished on the later end, and they had all gone to sleep. Uh, <laughs> so Melissa was the only one to to, to welcome me um, at the finish line. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, maybe they can join you in Kona and then be there at that, that finish line. That that <laughs> sure. that'd be a great feeling, you know, your family there at the finish line in Kona. Yeah. Right on. Um, are there any other types of triathlons you've thought of doing? Uh, not sure if you've heard of the Uberman or the Enduroman. They probably say Uberman. Have you heard of any of these races? No. Are are they um, similar distances or no. longer? <laughs> yeah. The one I really want to do is called the Enduro Man, and you run 87 miles from London to Dover, what? and then you swim the English Channel. You go uh-huh. 22 miles, and then you ride your bike from Calais to the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, which ends up being – I'm looking at it right now um, – 180 miles, 100, and you, but you do have this to do over, yeah, you have like four days or so, so it's not all in a row in one day. Mm-hmm. So that I love to do, but then the the Uberman, that is you swim from Catalina Island uh, to Palos Verdes, and then you do a 400 mile bike ride uh, to where they do, is it to where you go bad? Yeah, Badwater Basin. And then you run up to Mount Whitney, and that ends up being um, 135 miles through Death Valley. But the one, the thing about the uh, Uberman is that you don't have a time limit. You can take as much time as you need, how many days you need. So, so I, I was going to tell you, Palos Verdes and Catalina Island. That is my neck of the woods. That is what we call the South Bay uh-huh. um, in California, where Torrance is. Torrance is right adjacent to uh, Rolling Hills and Palos Verdes, um, if you look on on the map there. But um, no, I didn't realize that they have uh, those type of distances. My whole thing, and we never got to this, but I believe that conditions are the most important aspect that a lot of people don't give any thought to. So we can do sprint triathlon, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have torrential rains, right, you're not going to be able to maneuver very well on the bike. You know, if you have a very fast bike, I mean, the, the chances of you crashing or, or splaying out on, on the concrete, it, they, they go up. You have to be a little bit uh, cautious uh, with that. And then, of course, the swim, uh, if there's lightning or if there's white tops. Um, I've seen races just completely canceled on the swim or the, the race has been attenuated on the swim. They've mm-hmm. made it shorter. Um, I haven't seen runs get very affected. I mean, if it's raining, they'll, they'll still throw some caution uh, to the wind uh, for that. But I haven't really seen races get uh, 
turned off because of that. But conditions is very important. If it's very hot, if it's very humid, if there's wind, uh, white tops on the water, if there's current riptides, um, if there's lightning, if there's very torrential rains. I've never been in snow, <laughs> but yeah. you, you see where I'm going with this. I mean, you can you your whole race day can get changed around um, if the conditions are not ideal. Oh, absolutely. And mm -hmm. I, I've done some races that were uncharacteristically hot. And, you know, even Kelly and I had attempted the Moab 240 endurance run and um, I was only able to make it to mile 31. So I had a 50 K, but six people behind me got hospitalized for dehydration. Oh my I God. was struggling. Yeah. Um, I know they've canceled some of the Ironman, uh, swim portions because of poor conditions. I think they canceled the swim, but you still had to ride your bike in the rain, but you're mm -hmm. right. My, like with my tires, they're practically bald. They come that way. And it's been raining this last week. I'm up here in the Seattle area and so I've just had my bike on the trainer just because I figured, hey, this could be just too dangerous to take outside. So you, uh, you're right. And, and even people on the Enduro Man, I know that part of why they give you some leeway is that you wait to make this channel crossing. And some people that maybe the conditions just aren't right to do it. And I did kind of think that's got to suck if you, you plan this thing years in advance. You spend all this time, all this money. You get a crew a permit to swim the channel and then you're just not able to do it because of the conditions. So how many miles are we talking about for that? Uh, the swim is 22 miles. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. 22 mile swim. And then I've seen people that, um, you know, they've gotten close and then they just couldn't finish it. It's, it's usually the, the channel swim. I just anecdotally me watching people, it seems to be the channel swim was where people give out if they're not able to finish it. Um, but there's this guy who he just finished a few months ago, this Frenchman who just hauled ass. In fact, he broke the course record and he did it all back to back to back. I think he, he did took three or four hours between the run and the swim. And then about that from the, the swim to the bike. Mm -hmm. And then that's just, that's just amazing. how he's able to do it. Um, but again, like you said, conditions were well, he was well conditioned in good shape. Um, and I know even Kona too, the last time they had the Kona championships, uh, it was a course record, but it was very calm. There were no waves in the water and they, they figured that day was going to be a day for records to be broken. Yeah, so yeah. There really are so many things that go into these enduro, uh, endurance races. I mean, weather conditions, how your body is that day. You know, if you're spot on, hopefully you're not bonking everything with the nutrition. So, so many factors that go into it people to go these distances and you're right you know if you're trying to do a sprint triathlon or a 5k it's that's just a different ball game than, than these things that are going to go several hours or in some cases several days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you ever want to you know if you want to try the enduro man with me man maybe uh that's something <laughs> to build up to yeah yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. Or we I, can stick I, with the Ironmans. We'll see. <laughs> I, I I like the Ironmans, um, and I, no shirt off the, uh, their backs. The, these other races. I mean, um, what happens when we finish all these races? You know, like what's gonna be the next thing to go and conquer? So, for right now, at least um, uh, in in my lifetime, this is kind of. Uh, what I'm slowly trying to chip away. And it, it sounds like you're doing the same thing too. So yeah, I, I'd I'm just, love to. I'm so glad that we're, uh, we're chasing after this together. <laughs>
No, absolutely. And it's something I'm, I've gotten involved in more and more. And Kelly's gotten excited for it too. Actually, she's, um, well, I know she, you know, she's, she's going to be attempting her first and she definitely at least likes to crew it, but this is also just endurance racing in general is definitely her jam. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, yeah, it's exciting. I know, and it's one of those things, even when I'm struggling and I'm in the middle of it, you have those moments where mentally like, why am I doing this? You know, I'm the one that's like, taking time and money to put myself through this and it takes i feel like two seconds after i stop uh you know either cross the finish line or for some reason i didn't finish to be like okay when's the next one so they're just it's addictive mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah it, it just it's easy to, to be elated with it too um what are you doing this this year too what um what events will you be doing or as far as i know you've got quebec mount Tremblant. did you say you're doing tulsa as well Tulsa and then uh Eagle Man 70.3. Same course you and I did last year, but only half half the course now. Um that's scheduled for sometime in June. Okay. And then um this other race called Savage Man. Um that's Savage also Man. run here in this uh region. Uh it's a 70.3, not an Ironman race. Um, it's an independent race, um, that that's run, uh, out here. They had to cancel it this year cause of the COVID. Um, but, uh, I have a, a standing, uh, uh, ticket to go do that, uh, next year. Okay. Provided everything works out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I've got it. The webpage pulled up right now. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. I made the lottery for the New York City triathlon, and that got canceled. So this postponed until this July. And I think you said you've done that as well, correct? Yes. So Toyota used to own the um, the races. So it was like Minneapolis, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York City, and it was. Um, summer of 2008 i think it was our, our first year uh, post graduation and i did 3 of the 3 of the 4 um races and new york city was the first time i had ever attempted an international distance um so that that was that was very hard <laughs> um the the swim in my age group, there was a, a fellow from Argentina that had died. He, oh. I, he supposedly he had a heart attack. If you look on casualties of triathlon, if you Google it, um, you'll see from that particular year that I had done it. Um, in my age group, um, he he had died. The, this guy had died. Um, wow! During the swim, they found his his body. You know south uh you know that's the hudson river that you're that you're swimming in right what's the the west side called? is that the hudson river it's the hudson river not the east river and the east is on the yep exactly hudson on the west yeah Yeah. Uh, Uh, it seems like it's people that jump in and that immediate just just the when you when you go into the cold water um because i know someone died in wisconsin a couple years ago i think immediately they jumped in and had a heart attack oh my gosh wow um, the run, I had started to cramp up <laughs> and I have really great pictures that they, they had taken and I loved them, but I I'm just in a whole world of pain and hurt. 
uh, uh, during that run. So just be mindful. Damn. It's it's humid in, in New York City that, that time of year. Um, so just, uh, yeah. you know, take your fluids, well, I guess. <laughs> exactly. I'll try to do my best to stay on top of it. But that heat and humidity, that's usually the death of me. So or hopefully it won't be the death of me, but hopefully I can stay on top of it. So mm -hmm. we'll we'll see. Right on. Well, um, so Mike, is there uh, any place people can find you? Are you on Instagram? Facebook? Um, I'm I'm on Facebook. Uh, Mike Villa Carlos. I I can't remember if I have uh, the DDS on the end there, but there's actually like hundreds of Mike Villa Carlos uh, out there. It's actually a very popular name uh, in the Philippines. It turns out. Oh, there, not just Via Carlos, but Michael Via Carlos. Same first yes. name too. Same first name, same last name. Um, I don't know if there's a bunch of copycats out there, but uh, I'm the one with the the bald head with my son, and it looks like there's army soldiers in the background. That's what my uh, my photo is there. And um, if you ever want to talk triathlon, just hit me up on uh, on Facebook Messenger, and we we can definitely connect. Sounds awesome. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, congrats again on finishing Florida, and uh, good luck training through the wintertime as well. Most definitely, Clint. Good to always hear from you, buddy. Likewise, man. I'll see you in the course next year. Okay. All right. Rock on.